We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Serena Talbot. As a business mindset coach and rapid transformational therapist, Serena is passionate about helping business owners understand how to navigate growth. Their business is leading them to a place that is amazing, but also unfamiliar. Her work focuses on mindset and becoming confident in order to step into the next level, bringing you scientifically proven techniques to get your subconscious on board so you have 100% of your mind working with you and for you, no longer working against you. Serena, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I love the way you read my bio. That was great. <laughs> uh, I should introduce you for every speaking engagement. Yes, I love it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so I'm really fascinated by what you're doing, and I'm glad that you're on the show to share with our listeners um, all about um, the work around uh, the subconscious. So why don't you share a little bit about how does our subconscious affect our business? Yeah, so the main thing to understand is that now science can hook up things to our brains and measure. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of misconceptions maybe about your subconscious or it's this, you know, deep, dark place or whatnot, but it's really just our, it's our autopilot. It's our programming. And, and what happens is we, we, there's a state, um, they can measure brainwaves. So there's a state that we're living in between the age of birth and 10, where that's all getting programmed. And then when we, you know, you know, around 12, you start being able to think abstract and more logically and all that kind of stuff. And so that, that programming is set and then it's running. And a lot of times the way we were raised, the experiences we had, the beliefs about money, the beliefs about relationship and success and all those kinds of things are in contrast to the direction we want our business to go, right? We might've grown up learning, well, rich people are snobs or greedy, or, you know, we don't want to be like those people or money is evil or, you know, don't get too big, big for your britches or who do you think you are? All those lovely things. And, and you might not notice them until as a business owner, we have to show up more. We have to put ourselves out there. We have to accept more money. We have to raise our prices. We have to sell, you know, so all those things, if there's anything in your past that goes against where you're headed in your business, it's going to mess with you, if that makes sense. And so it's absolutely affecting business owners anytime you're struggling to take the action that you want to take. And, and I think it's something inherent in all of us as well, this idea like, you know, put yourself out there and, and buy my product and, and here's my service and, and being out in front of people that takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of belief in ourselves. And there's not a lot of, there's not a ton of people that had, you know, the ideal growing up experience where you didn't hit any bumps in the road that, that, 
knock that down and, and take your confidence and really have, you know, at least a couple beliefs that go against how you need to show up in your business. I can totally relate to all of those things that you're saying. <laughs> um, yeah. It is fascinating though that, and and I'm, I'm in one of your workshops right now, so I, I'm kind of getting a different perspective of this, but between birth and 10 years old is where all of our kind of mental programming happens. Yeah, isn't it crazy? Uh-huh. So so what I do, part of what I do is hypnotherapy. And so that's this this idea of, of being, you know, dealing with the subconscious in a calm, relaxed state. It's not fancy. It's not quacking like a duck or, you know, the things we see on stage hypnosis. But so the, the state of, of a kid before age 10 is actually called the hypnagogic state. That's where their mind is because, you know, it's where you're learning about the world. It, you, a kid is just learning like, okay, how do relationships work? How does money work? How does life work? You know, I got to look both ways before I cross the road. I'm learning math and language and all these things. And it's, it's a very like sponge like state. I mean, you know, kids just pick up on things so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's either working for us or against us. So what is one way to change a limiting belief? I mean, you listed off a gazillion of them. (laughs) (laughs) So to me, the number one thing is knowing that we can change because old science was like, oh, well, you're wet cement before age 10 and you're getting imprinted or whatever. And then you're just stuck. And I think, you know, like Ford said, if, if you think you can or you can't, you're right. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the the belief to overcome is like, oh, that's just the way I am. Oh, I just don't do that. I can't do that. You know, that's just not my personality. But when you know any challenge that you're coming up against, you can change. To me, that's the most powerful one. But it's really awareness. It's knowing, okay, I'm raising, I raise my prices and I'm not taking, I'm procrastinating. I'm not taking action to like, let anybody know. Maybe there's something here. And, and that process of really self-reflection and awareness is a huge step. And, and I have people just get out a piece of paper, anything that you're struggling with and ask, like, why am I not showing up? Why am I afraid to raise my prices? Why am I freaking out and procrastinating about this or that or the other thing? And just that process, too, of asking that question and listening. Because our mind, our conscious is just thinking, thinking, thinking all day long. Like your heart beats and your lungs breathe and your mind thinks. And it goes, what if? And it spins out. And then it's going to happen and blah, 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 blah. Like it's always talking. But if you if you write down a question on a piece of paper, you ask yourself a question and you listen, then you're automatically in that different state, if that makes sense. Instead of just like this constant diatribe from your brain of all the things, you you just kind of get quiet and listen and see what comes up. I, I'm really fascinated by this. Um, <laughs> Because, well, my brain, as we were talking pre-show, it's like right now the world is so like, go, 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 even though it's also sitting still to some extent, but that's a whole nother topic. Um, but my brain is always like moving forward and yeah, there isn't, I do um, try to put some meditation practices to slow down a little bit, but I, I don't think I ever have actually written down the question of like, why don't I call people to tell them we've raised our rates, <laughs> you know, and that's, mm-hmm. it's an interesting exercise. Um, and I can, I can just imagine the benefits of 
pausing to, to figure out why answering that question. Yeah. And, and usually when we do, whenever we stop and slow down and, and take time to do that, then I find that people get answers. I believe that a hundred percent. So how is this different than positive thinking? Cause that's another avenue that I see, you know, just remain positive, have a positive mindset. Um, but this seems like it's a different approach. Yeah. So it's, it's funny because this is where, so your subconscious runs 95, some scientists say 97% of your brain. So if in your conscious you're going, I'm successful, I'm amazing, I'm a millionaire, and you have a subconscious belief, it's going to kind of be like, yeah, no, whatever. Like, <laughs> so it's, it's understanding that in order to make lasting changes, you've got to get that subconscious on board. And so if you're, if you're saying these things, you know, to yourself in front of the mirror, a lot of people like the the affirmations and these kind of things, and, and there's a part of you that's arguing with it. Again, it's really important to listen to the part that's arguing and figuring out, okay, what's that belief? Um, And that's why a lot of times those, the affirmations and the things we do in our conscious don't work as well because it's only 3% or 5% of our mind. Now, a lot of things you can look in the mirror and say, I'm wonderful and I'm good. And if there's no argument, if there's no part of your mind going, yeah, whatever, you know, you're full of crap, then you're good. But if that comes up and you're finding yourself saying them and getting nowhere, that's when you know there's something going on that needs, that's deeper that needs addressing. It's, Again, very intrigued by everything that you're, you're saying there because it's, it's I, I'm just looking, reflecting back in my own kind of internal monologue, I guess, and the arguments that yeah. I've had with myself. Totally. Like, <laughs> like we do. And it and it's just, um, t- you know, it's talking about that and giving some understanding and some explanation about that and honoring that, really. Like, yeah, there's this whole part and you don't just need to like, plow through it and push through it and ignore it and all these things like take a minute and like have it's almost like you have a relationship with it like listen to it see what's going on ask and and don't get at war with it right because you'll lose okay interesting really fascinating uh thanks for sharing all that information now and i imagine a lot of it ties into relationships the way we think you know about relationships because i know you addressed that a couple of times as you talked about just the subconscious in general, and that's what this show is all about networking, you know, on a professional level, really building those strong relationships. So can you share with our listeners one of your favorite networking experiences that you've had? Yeah. So I lived for the past 20 years in central Wisconsin, a couple hours North of Milwaukee and moved down here, uh, August of 2019 and when I still lived in central Wisconsin, I just I had just started my business three years ago and I was looking for Facebook groups and I Googled, I was very brilliant. I Googled 
like women helping women in Wisconsin, like women, Wisconsin entrepreneurs. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. Googled it in the Facebook search to see what was there. And I found uh, Melissa Blair's group, mm-hmm. um, Wisconsin Women Helping Women Entrepreneurs. And so I was part of that group already. But when I was moving down here, I was like, okay, I'm going to just make a post and ask. I need an office. So I'm going to look for an office. And so someone responded right away and I had, we lived down here, I think just a couple of weeks and I met with a woman, um, Sarah Feldman, and we ended up like talking in her office for at least an hour. And I just told her my whole story and, um, she was really generous with her time. And she's like, okay, I'm having a women's event um, in a month and I want you to be on the panel. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. (laughs) And it was, uh, so I was, and it was a fabulous um, event. It was really for her, like, she's like, let's just, you know, kind of cut through the the bull and like have women entrepreneurs really talk about it and like, what are the struggles and, and, you know, be open about it. And it was a really cool event. She had some amazing speakers. Um, and then at that event, event, I met, um, Todd Reed, who since then, so that was over a year ago. Um, that was in November of 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, have like collaborated and connected with their community. Their networking community is phenomenal. The people are awesome. And that was just, you know, from a random Facebook post looking for an office. So I think that's uh, one of my favorite ones. That's awesome. And I love that it starts with, with Facebook, you know, even though some people have differences of opinions of this platform, but just a social media channel in general. Yes. Yeah. A huge, I mean, that was an amazing connection. I never, yeah, there's no way I would have had that anyway. And then even through that meeting other, you know, networking communities and, and people, it's just been really, really valuable in my life. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I, I'm, um, I know what group you're talking about, the, the women helping women entrepreneurs in Wisconsin is a it's a pretty active group um, and a lot of really good conversation and engagement happens there. And I know that that format um, is is set up for a number of different states. So it's not just Wisconsin. Ah, I did. I had no idea. Yeah, there, there's actually a larger group that's simply women helping women entrepreneurs. Um, but it got so big that they kind of parsed it down by state. Yeah. And there's a lot of um, really encouraging, sharing, recommend, you know, people recommending other people in that group. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great group. Yeah, it is awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So as you've obviously continued to meet new people or are actively involved in a number of different groups, how do you stay in front of and best nurture the, this network and community that you've created? Um, I like, it's a love hate relationship, right? With Facebook. This is where a lot of them live. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, um, I, I think I kind of ebb and flow. Like I'm, I'm on a good amount and then I, then I go over to way too much and then I pull back. But what I try to do on the groups is answer questions, um, share recommendations, um, share any free content that I have, videos that I make or podcasts. You know, my my main thing is helping people overcome anxiety. So, you know, limiting beliefs that whatever those limiting beliefs are, they show up 
most of the time in anxiety and overwhelm. And, and so explaining to people like, like the conversation we just had, like grab a piece of paper, start asking questions. Like you can do that for free right now. And, and you may be surprised what comes up when you just have that conversation, but those kind of things like sharing, uh, whatever info that I'm, that I have that may be helpful. Like I said, if it's a recommendation of somebody else, um, or if it's, I've shared, um, articles, you know, things like that to, to be contributing, um, in those spaces and not just being like, Oh, I have this for sale or, Oh, I have this, you know, thing to make money off, but, but contributing to the community, like, like you would if they were, you know, in person more. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, I'm a big fan of that and, and giving, you know, just giving yeah. as much, um, of that you are able to give without, you know, putting yourself you know, underwater by any means. Um, Serena, what advice would you have for that business professional who's looking to grow their network? I think the biggest thing is to show up, um, like put a, put a post, ask a question, speak up, share. Um, I've heard from a lot of people and, and I've certainly experienced this myself where you walk into the room and you're like, oh, maybe I don't belong here, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's having that belief that I do belong here. People want to hear what I have to say. I have something to contribute. I have something to give and, and walking into it like that, like we're all equals, you know, I'm probably not the only one that's a little nervous right now. Um, and that changes everything. I know in my own life saying people want to hear what I have to say is it's a really powerful statement. Um, and, and I have information that can help other people. So coming into, again, coming into the networking group space with that, what can I give here? How can I serve here? Um, that, people can tell, people can tell if you're there to give or take, you know, um, and that just makes it more fun. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of truth to that. There, there, the people can definitely tell if you're there to, to give or take, but, um, I mean, it, it does go both ways to, to some extent, you know, I think there's a small percentage of people that are only looking to give, um, but you should have the mindset. And I love that you said this and actually bolded it in my notes is that, people want to hear what I have to say. I think that's a really good kind of mindset to walk into, to be positive about that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So Serena, if you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, <laughs> less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Oh my gosh. Like, when I was 20, sometimes I say, like, I would probably, like, slap, like, I would slap myself upside the head. Like, I would probably I do 20. that, too. <laughs> like, or, like, grab the shoulders and be like, what are you doing? Or, like, mm-hmm. you don't have to do this. But the main thing for me, you know, in my 20s um, was just trying so hard to, like, be a success and get people's approval and prove my worth. So the main thing I would say is, like, sweetie, like, you are good. You are valuable. You're worthy. You're enough. Like, just the way you are. And, and you know, instead of trying to earn the worth, like, get the worth first, then do your business. <laughs> It'll be a lot more fun. Like, work on your self-worth. Then, you know, then you're going to be able to do your business with a whole different, healthy, uh, 
operating, you know, way of operating. So that's a really good way to think about that. And, and really taking care of yourself at the end of the day, physically, emotionally, um, instead of worrying about what other people think. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. If only we would actually listen though, right? Oh, I totally, I wouldn't have listened. I would have been like, I am busy. I do. I cannot take a break. Like just, just, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, there were people in my life <laughs> at the time trying to be like, it's okay. And I was like, I had a mission. <laughs> yep. Well, and okay. I'm going to kind of yeah. deviate a little bit because, you know, we go through this stage, as you said, you know, zero to 10 years old. And then, you know, we're, we've, where we're learning things, but then yes. we're, we're stubborn in our twenties. <laughs> yes. And now I feel like, you know, as I'm late thirties, approaching forties, you know, I have a totally different mindset and I'm way more accepting yes. and open. And so like, is that just part of the whole formula of our brains or absolutely (laughs) so you get you get your programming before 10 and you know this is this is the human experience how how are we good boys and girls right we make people happy we do what they want we we make mom mom happy and we try to make dad happy and and if we're a good girl you know or a good boy we do certain things and we're we're externally focused right And so then we try to do that. We try to still be getting approval and being externally focused. Like, oh, if I'm a good girl and if I do what they want, everything will work out. And you go insane because you can't possibly make everybody else happy. I think that's, that's our 20s, trying to be everything to everybody. And I just, I have to look it up. I don't know if it's young or Freud, but they said we have the first half of life and then the second half of life. So the first half, half is, you know, they called it ego. I would just call it programming where it's, we're trying to get the approval and mm-hmm. we're trying to win and we're trying to succeed and we're trying to make a name for ourselves and we're trying to do all this stuff. And then usually something happens for me. My business failed. Some people get sick. Something happens usually where it, it's not sustainable. It's exhausting. And like, you may be like winning at something. You're like, I actually don't like this. Like, this is great that I'm winning, but like, you're not fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And so usually around 30 or 40, we have our, you know, awakenings. And, and, and that is, you know, what they call the second half of life when you are living for your purpose, like your true purpose. And it's not all about, um, getting everybody's approval. And what I love, there's a guy named Richard Rohr. And what I love is he says, the bigger mess you make in the first half, the happier you'll be in the second half, which just makes my heart really happy (laughs) because like I made a big mess, you know, in my, in my twenties. That makes me feel really good too, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because we learn, you know, that's, that's how we learn. And, and there are some people that, that, stay safe and and it might take them a lot longer to have these realizations. Obviously some people never realize it's the number one regret of the dying that I cared too much what other people thought of me. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my opinion that, that if you're in, if you're trying to succeed at life and you're, you're participating at life, you know what I mean? Instead of being on the sidelines that it'll kind of be this progression of, you know, 
<clears throat> trying things in your 20s that aren't satisfying and then in your 30s and 40s being like, nope, I'm going to do it differently. Yeah, interesting. Um, thank you for diving into that. I was, I just, it, I thought the question correlated well to the earlier conversation that we had. So it's, yeah, it, I mean, that's my favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> how, like, why the heck are we doing all the things we're doing? Yeah. Why do I do these weird things all yes. the time? <laughs> why am I doing this thing that's clearly not healthy? Like, but I do it anyway. Like, yeah, those are important questions. They are. <laughs> I ask that, I ask myself that often. Like, I know what I should be doing, yeah. but I'm totally not doing that. Yeah. Doing the exact opposite of that. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Um, so Serena, we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Who is someone that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you can do it within the sixth degree? I never, ever think about this. I love that you have this as a question. Um, so I think so. So I am just recently, so as of Saturday, and the day we're recording this is Tuesday. So I have a four-day-old relationship with a person that I've seen on YouTube <laughs> that, I, um, that I greatly respect. His name is uh, Dr. Greg Carr. So the, the YouTube channel is called In Class with Carr. And so he's like this history encyclopedia. And so when I work with my clients, I empower them with knowledge, right? Like even the conversation we had, is it normal to do this? Yes. Then it's like, when you know it's normal to behave the way you're behaving, you like have tons less stress because you don't think you're insane, <laughs> you know? And, and so to me, he's providing that knowledge around our current, you know, political environment going, hey guys, like, here's the deal. Here's history. And just providing so much knowledge that it takes, for me, is taking away anxiety. Anyway, um, he's in D.C. So my brother is in Virginia Beach. So I feel like my brother might know someone who knows someone. <laughs> that knows okay. someone in D.C. Okay. Um, and then there's another networking group that I'm part of. Do you, are we allowed to, like, say the names of Go, them? If, sure. Okay. Absolutely. Go for it's it. A, it's one of the ones I joined again when I when I moved um, down here. I joined a bunch because I knew I needed to do that for my business. Um, and it's called Polka Dot Powerhouse. And I would guess if I stuck, uh, you know, on the Facebook page, again, on Facebook, if I said, hey, I'm looking to connect with someone, he's at the um, Howard University in DC, if I was, if I just was like, does anybody know anybody there? Like, I bet I could at least get a good, a good start there. So what's holding you back from doing that? Oh my goodness. I, that's not on your list of questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I was thinking about it when, when, when I was answering it, I'm like, Oh, I should probably do that. And, and, and I would imagine there's, I mean, even on the, the YouTube, like this in class with car, there's uh, opportunities to like raise your hand and sure. get called on. Yeah. You know what I mean? It probably mm -hmm. wouldn't be too hard if I want to do that. Um, the, probably the thing holding me back is like, what the heck would I, would I ask? He's super smart. Sure. I'd ask a dumb question. So well, there maybe. are no dumb questions. <laughs> right. We learned so, that in elementary school, yes, right? <laughs> yes. So I'll I'll hang out and see if there if there was an opportunity or like if there's um speaking things, you know, after after things open up again. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. 
Cool. That's exciting. And I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm going to look them up on YouTube. Um, all right. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What is something that you'd like to ask me? Oh, I love it. Well, so what, what books are you reading right now? Or book? Book, books. I, I tend to have more than one yes, at a time. Yes, I had a list, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. So I was just gifted a book by um, Brendan uh, Bouchard. Um, what is it called? And I'm really fascinated. It's, oh, the manifesto something. Oh, give me a second. I'm Googling it. Um, the Motivation Manifesto. Mm-hmm. But I'm just starting to read that one. And then I'm also reading a book about cycling um, and because uh, I'm getting into bike riding um, a lot right now. I'll give you the title of that in just a second. So road biking or like not mountain biking, right? Road, road biking. Yeah, it's yeah. called the, the Time Crunched Cyclist. So just how to be become a better cyclist in a short amount of time or like in smaller time chunks. So are you indoor, like at your house? Cycling? Right now, yeah, now? I have, yep. I have an indoor uh, smart trainer that I ride on um, yep. three, three times a week right now. I, I would not say by any means I'm good. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> getting into it. So, um, but I love it. And this was my, um, I started getting into it two years ago. Um, there's definitely a lot to learn, which, you know, as a kid, you're just like, ride a bike, you pedal <laughs> and that's about it. But yeah, it's, it's fun. It's great exercise. And yeah, I love that. Um, I tried running. I hate running, <laughs> um, not my jam at all. And I've even tried to play mind tricks on myself for yes. running. <laughs> I remember once I was trying to run and chanting, I love to run. I love to run. Yeah, <laughs> That didn't work. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's um, so funny. Yep. So, yep. I'm reading a cycling my, book and yeah. My mom was a professional ballerina, um, a long, long time ago, but she's like, humans weren't made to run. Like she, she's mm-hmm. like, it's horrible for your knees and your body. And, and I, um, a couple of years ago, I was running three miles a day and I tore like my, um, a meniscus. And she's like, see, mm-hmm. <laughs> so when the doctor, and I didn't like running either. And the doctor's like, you're not supposed to run anymore. I was like, oh, I'm so sad. And I wasn't <laughs> at all. Like I was relieved. So do you go on, uh, are you like around the Milwaukee bike paths and those kind of things in the yeah. summer? Yep. Oh yeah. I live right by the lakefront. So I go, nice. I'll go up and down the lake. Um, and I've, I've traveled to ride different, um, you know, bike paths and whatnot. And that's what I love about biking is that you can get so much more distance and explore so many cool areas. Um, yeah, it's, it's something I'm really getting into. Are you going to do like a trip, do you think? I would like to do a century ride, which is 100 miles and one shot. Um, I've got some work to do <laughs> before I get there. <laughs> But that, that's my goal right now, at least, you know, I mean, every activity should have some target you're shooting for, but um, that's why I'm riding indoors now so that when it does get nice out again in the summer months, hopefully I'm, I've got some good momentum and, and it'll be a lot easier to get to that hundred mile ride. 
Yeah. And that, I mean, I think there's beautiful ones in Wisconsin. Like if you just kind of go due west. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. yeah. I, I know a that number, I have a number of friends that are pretty big cyclists. So I've, I've got a good source of, I guess I, I'll call them experts. I don't know if they would refer to themselves that way, but they they know a lot more than I do. So they've done all the fancy rides too. Nice. They're my, my go-to. My bike gurus. <laughs> oh, I love that. That sounds really fun. Um, all right. So let's uh, go back to the networking conversation here. What, uh, any final words of advice off our listeners around the topic of growing and supporting your network? Yeah, I think I'm kind of repeating things I've already said, but like just show up, share your gifts and and set that intention. Like I'm here to like meet people and serve and um, trusting that like sales are going to happen. You don't need to worry about that. Um, and, and having that intention of giving and then having fun. Yeah. I love that. I, I think that having fun part is, is a vital part. It doesn't have to be scary. So, um, do you have uh, a giveaway to offer or what would be the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you in the event they wanted to connect? Yeah. So I have, you can find me at serenatalbot.com. So if you're listening to this, it'll, my name will be somewhere at C-Y-R-I-N-A-T-A-L-B-O-T-T. So my website, serenatalbot.com, but Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram are all Serena Talbot. So it's easy to find me. And then on my website is a resource page. Um, and, and something that I'm excited about that that I think is really helpful is a transformational recording, you know, helping to program that subconscious, helping shift those beliefs, but it's for confidence um, and abundance, you know, especially for business owners, allowing ourselves to feel confident as we're showing up and doing our thing. Cool. We'll include all that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's this been was wonderful. Absolutely. Great conversation. And I really enjoyed kind of going deep into some of these topics here. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Serena for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, check out our Facebook group and just search for Social Capital Network. If you'd like to connect with me, shoot me an email at Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.